welcome to the first episode of the Momos and the Oppas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore episode by episode. We're your hosts. I'm Eric Lefebvre. Dr. Amber Jones. And I'm Jessica Tresero. We're starting our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender today with Book One, Water, Chapter One, The Boy in the Iceberg. In this chapter, we meet Katara and Sokka, who find Aang, the last airbender, in an iceberg, and um, the story ensues. (laughs) So, brand new podcast. Here we are, really doing it. Why do y'all like Avatar? And why are we doing this? Well, I particularly wanted to do this podcast um and i like that we've chosen like a folklore theme uh because that's really how i consider avatar in my life that it's this show that um has taught me so much about emotional intelligence and um in these stories you can find very unique characters and you can also find yourself and just one of those things that stick with us and why it has such a vibrant fan base yeah totally i um after the episode that we did on nostalgia like i mean i've been wanting to talk about this with somebody for so long Um, because I feel like this is one of those shows I didn't really discover it until the middle of the pandemic and I was like wow this is incredible and groundbreaking because like when you look at like the pictures of masculinity and um, and the way that um, the avatar chooses to interact with the world and like you know like inhabit this um inhabit and use the power that they have um I thought that was like really interesting and a great story about like redemption and restorative justice and just like so much of that without being so preachy and on the nose and um and it's just it's a very good story that I'm very excited to talk about yeah I mean similarly I really think for me, it just stemmed from the episode we did for Nostalgia. Like, really, like, we have so much to say about it that it's so hard to condense into, like, one two-hour period. And just this story is so dense and so complex and so intentional. Like, why not have sort of bigger and less time-constrained? Constraining. Less time-constraining conversations about the show. Because, I mean, we love it. And it's a good show to talk about, I think. And I know that, like, within the community of people who love Avatar and Korra, it's very important. But I feel like generally it does get swept under the rug as a kid show or as, like, kind of something that's a little bit more silly or a little something to be taken less seriously, which isn't the case at all. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, we start the episode with... Uh, uh, Katara and Sokka. Um, off the bat, I'm obsessed with the subversion of the sort of male hero, where he's like looking at his own reflection and flexing his muscles, and she's like, "Ah, oh, you're so annoying! Like your ego is so big." Also, he's trying to belittle her because she's clearly and so eloquently the leader and the strong, capable character in this dynamic. Um, and that's like literally the first scene. That's how we're introduced yeah. <laughs> to the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's such a good introduction to both of those characters and um, 
to to also like their relationship with each other and with the world around them so like like you said like Sokka is like this um he views himself as superior very like you know obsessed with his masculinity within this patriarchal structure that he is a per not just a person in but he is kind of the man of the southern water tribe so he is like supposed to be the authority figure in his mind according to that structure um but like to see just how the story also um goes out of its way to show us that he is actually not as great as he thinks he is and that Katara is the person that has all of the strength um like he tries to do um he tries to catch a fish and he can't do it and she gets it with with Mm. her bending right and like Sokka gets so upset and has such an attitude when he sees her and the power that she has and her doing something that he wanted to do that he starts you know belittling her abilities and you know because he sees it like at the start of the this whole universe right he sees women as kind of inferior um Mm -hmm. and then he you know he keeps talking about how i'm gonna show you how it's done your magic sucks um and then he only like gives it some credit whenever he needs it to for like his own end like you know he's like well, our boat's crashed. Um, do something with your water. Do 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 the thing. You can't do the thing? Okay. Um, and then Katara gets really pissed off and she, like, without even meaning to, like, I love, like, the, the power that she has in her emotions and in her rage and her hope and everything literally cracks an iceberg. Of, like, it, she's physically changing the world around her without even thinking about it just by being her and by subverting the like the role that she was supposed to play in this dynamic right oh yeah i agree i think that it gives us a perfect setup for one of like the main themes that we see in so many places in this universe of the power of women and it's easy to say that and like it it sounds just very like you know that's the times that we live in but they did a really beautiful job weaving together all of this meaning um like you said like they like in the first 30 seconds we get a glimpse of like years of their relationship um we get a glimpse of uh like who these two like young people think they who they think they are and who they think they need to be um I loved Katara instantly, like, you know, put aside, like, the bending and stuff she was doing, but she was instantly defending all of the power that, like, she represented. She was like, um, I've been doing all of the laundry. I've been doing all of this stuff. Like, those are important for our lives. Like, why are you saying that, like, why are you saying I'm less of a member of like our survival team. Also, I'm like literally here on the boat fishing with you and thinking about other ways we can sustain ourselves. Um, and it's just, it's it's perfect. It's spot on. You get those messages in so many different ways. Um, not to mention just the beautiful artware, artwork we get to be introduced to this world and like you 
instantly see like the uh, the attention to detail in their clothing. You feel the cultural messages there. Um, you can you can almost feel the icebergs all around them, and like that burst of energy when Katara cracks one open. Um, I am a big big um, proponent of, and I said this in the Nostalgia podcast as well, that this is really a story about how Katara saves the world over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, because where would we have been if Katara was just like, whatever, and didn't yell at her brother? I think you also pointed this out in that episode, but she is literally the one telling the story. She is the narrator. The introduction is her voice. And in this first specific, like, pilot introduction of, like, not only is it the intro, but also here's the backstory, what you need to know for the show. Mm -hmm. She's like, this is my life. This is my family. This is what's happening in my world. Here's the story. And it is literally her story. And (laughs) then set up, structured for her. And then Aang, like, too, um, even though he is the Avatar and he is, like, this person Mm -hmm. in The Last Airbender, and important, he's still centering on Katara himself, right? Like, he is um, asking her, he's, like, complimenting her bending and believing in her and, like, so cool. And mm-hmm. he wants to help her with her bending. And he wants to hang out in the village. And he wants to, like, he is fully immersing himself in, like, in her world. And that's exactly where he wants to be because he's like yeah. kind of mm-hmm. listening to her. We don't learn anything about Aang in this episode and for quite a while. We just like mm-hmm. learn about Katara. I do like that. The, I feel like the pilot does just a generally really good job in setting the stage for conflict. Like we do start to see a little bit of Zuko and Uncle Iroh. Like we get these like it's really setting the the stage for like these are key players. Here's their character. Here's who they are. You have a young Zuko who is uh, on the nose, fiery, um, <laughs> just in general, like very active, very combative. And then Iroh, who's like, yeah, sure. I'll show you that after I'm done eating my stuff. Like <laughs> I'm playing I'm my game. Yeah. Please leave me alone. Uh, you're a kid and I, you need to stop. It's too much for me. Um, but it just, you do get this gorgeous glimpse of these characters. I, I It's, it is a great way to set the stage for the for the show, for the story, for the greater story. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I mean, like Zuko, his whole thing, like I, I feel like going back to kind of um, what Amber was saying earlier, um, you the same way that you feel like, you know, the culture of uh, of the Southern Water Tribe. Right. And you feel the environment that you're there in, like through um through literally the environment around them and through you know their village and their clothing and um and their attitude and their like kind of their way of life even like you know um nobody in the in the uh town is allowed to be a child right they have to grow up much faster than they they should have because of the situation that they're in right and then we pan yeah. over to uh to Zuko who, you know, um, very, like, already large, dominating, wealthy, polluting, rigid, um, uh, all-male soldiers, right? And his whole thing 
is he is hell-bent on redeeming his masculinity in the eyes of his father. But yeah, so we see um, these two different uh, portions or pictures of masculinity, right, through Zuko and through mm. Sokka. And both of them are bad. One of them is laughably bad, and one of them is actually <laughs> harmful. Like, and actually, I mean, they're both harmful, but one of them is, like, is just incredibly violent. Like, you can tell right off the bat, you know. Um, yeah. Which is gorgeous because it's literally setting the narrative structure of femme empowerment versus literal toxic masculinity. Yeah. One being very clearly good for the world, one being literally to its detriment. Because Aang like, is, yeah. that, is the antithesis to that, right? Like he yeah. is right off the bat like, oh, cool, you can bend. That's so great. I love that. Show me more. Like you're so cool. <laughs> and everybody yeah. else is putting her down, right? And so like... Then, you know, Zuko, he's first, like, when you think of Zuko as a character inhabiting that, inhabiting masculinity as a whole and that violent masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. He is literally forsaking his own, like, not only his own well-being, but the well-being of literally anyone and everybody and the entire, like, world. He doesn't care because he just wants to be seen as a man. He wants his honor. And, like, the destruction that he causes through the show with that i think is a really uh was a really great way to set that up too yes definitely two from from ang's perspective just setting like the main hero i mean apart from katara the 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 structure of it that he is literally a child who has been asleep for a hundred years wakes up his family's gone there's a war Nothing is real anymore. Nothing exists in the way that he remembered it. So already in the way that on a hero's journey, you're trying to like pit them against some really hard challenges to get to the the lessons they need to get to off the bat. He's in the literal worst position for like any person to be in. My family's gone. My life is gone. My world is gone. Who am I? What am I? Why am I here? And you see him dealing with and, that right away. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. that's like first episode stuff, which is just a great way to be like, oh, yeah, this is like w- there, you're not like lulled into oh another wacky caper, even though there is like the booby trap. And like there are small moments of sort of that kind of style. But in the overall plot of the show, he's immediately in the worst possible position from the moment he wakes up. How is he going to get out of this? How is how is this going to work for him, knowing that now he has to kind of save the world? And also because, like, I mean, he woke up from, I mean, in the show it doesn't tell us yet, but he woke up because he ran away and he was scared. Wakes up. Oh, yeah. And then he's <laughs> there and, like, he immediately makes a friend. Great, this is cool. And then he, um, in like, he's trying to give courage to Katara, right? To like embrace her bending and to like embrace who she is and he's trying to empower her. And when he like, but at the same time, he like kind of disregards like the warning about that ship, right? And he's just like, oh, I mean, it's mm-hmm. fine, whatever. Because he he doesn't know the gravity of what's transpired over the past hundred years, right? But like, yeah. she's like, this is a very painful memory for my people. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's cool. Um, and you're <laughs> like, okay. But again, he doesn't understand what's happened or what's transpired, right? So when he, like, when he goes in there and she's scared and she's talking about bending, he tells her that to be a bender, you have to let go of fear. But, like, 
I, I felt like he was saying that more for himself uh, because mm. like while he's telling her that he himself is swimming in fear from being the avatar and having just lied to her about it too. Like, you know, yeah. he's afraid of himself and running away from that and from bending and his destiny, but still trying to like, he hasn't reconciled that yet. And he still doesn't at that point know that he's been asleep for a hundred years. Yeah, I think that it says a little, like there's an interesting undercurrent here about what it means to fully acknowledge trauma and pain. Because like, so Aang is just slowly starting to even realize what he has lost. And he instantly doesn't really know how to deal with that. Like he's like, oh, I have it. Uh, cleaned my room in a hundred years and like little like small little jokes like that even though it's just like holy shit like a <laughs> hundred years yeah. the severity of that is kind of just yeah you you're, you're seeing these small moments of it's like sort of performative grief to some degree mm-hmm. where like oh it's an acknowledgement of 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 something that's now gone, but not really like it's accepting it in, in small doses. Mm-hmm. That, like it, like truly it's like, it's like losing someone in your life. Like a day you're like, Oh, on like Tuesday, I would do this with this person and it's Tuesday and they're not here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's okay. You know, like it just, it just is. And yeah. that's just what's going to be. But there is a small moment of your soul. That's like acknowledging and trying to nourish that like very raw trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes towards, you know, our protagonist and hero, Katara, um, because she's the one who, again, says, like, this is a painful memory. Are you sure you want to play around with this? (laughs) And he's just like, yeah, okay, what's a painful memory? Um, And so, again, like, she is the one that's kind of easing him into, no, we have to deal with this real heavy stuff. But at the same time, he's the one who's like, yeah, but we are still children. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. still remember that we're kids. And yeah. I like, and we can be kids. And I like that Aang, like, you know, we know he's the last airbender as the audience. But like in this first mm-hmm. episode, we get to, we don't just, we don't just see him as one thing. We see him being this thing and inhabiting all of these different emotions and like having to deal with these different, um, these different ideas within himself and trying to reconcile that right so we see him being super fucking powerful right off the bat and you know getting out of the iceberg and stuff right and it's like oh my gosh and then like when he wakes up he's just a kid you know he's just a kid and he's like super fun and playful but then we also see his his weakness and the fear that like that he has when you know he it's revealed that he's been in the ice for a hundred years and things like that you know so we get to see somebody that has like you know a a male person that has this much power is very kind and is you know um is like the most powerful person in the world be like be fun and be like and understand like his age and where he is in life and that he still deserves to have fun and have this like that is a part of life and he's also scared like yeah 
it's allowing it's allowing this this character to be interesting to be interdimensional like to, to exist yeah. in these varying ways like the moment that they set up where i don't i forget what uh katara says specifically but essentially about like uh, we think you're this person and blood and then his like eyes widen and he's like penguins <laughs> and he's like oh my god and so it's like a misdirect kind of like an intentional like oh the severity of the situation but like oh that's right he is a kid yeah. like yeah you can be fun and playful simultaneously while trying to digest the fact that your life is over <laughs> like, yeah. it can be both things yeah because he hadn't even really gotten a chance to come to terms with his identity as the avatar before he was frozen and now yeah. it's just like Oh crap! I just wanted yeah. a little bit of time, but now it's been a hundred years. What the hell am I gonna do? And also having like I know we have we haven't gotten to the episode yet, so like technically we like don't know about that. Uh -huh. But like <laughs> the level of like self blame to some degree of like I ran away and everyone died. Like yeah, and and this is like two seconds away from that he's like i was asleep for i don't know a couple days like in his yeah. mind this is like two days after running away and having your entire family your entire people they're they're gone it's over they've yeah. they've gone away on top of that also everybody's gone after like there's just so much there yeah. so seeing him kind of like yeah it's it's it, it is already so palpable and intense like just from the beginning you know and it's like so cool too because like you know we're seeing within each character we're seeing this like you know um that they contain multitudes right off the bat right and despite the fact oh, yeah. that you know they're children or you know they they've all been through something um and different types of trauma right and they're all kind of trying to figure yes. out how to work that with through that within the society that they are born into but also like seeing like that the show, like, it goes out of its way to make sure we know Sokka and Zuko are wieners, right? Like, at the beginning of the show, they're total <laughs> wieners. <laughs> um, but, like... It does, no, absolutely. Like, they are not yeah, given... Like, we are men. We must fight each other. <laughs> yeah. they, like, We're big fools. Total dopes, right? And then Katara, Iroh, and Aang, we know, oh, they are... We like them. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't do yeah. that thing that shows do where it's like, oh, he's a bad guy, but you like him or, oh, like it, it's very clear and intentional, like what they're trying to say about these different um, these different yes. um, characteristics that these people are inhabiting. Like Sokka gets snotted on, which is so funny, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like we see like Aang who like does not subscribe to like literally not only does like as an airbender does he not subscribe to a lot of the practices of these other cultures right like but he does mm. not subscribe to the narrative that is in this world at all he is outside of no. this and so him being the one to have to try to resolve that is also so interesting because everybody else is yes. used to this and used to these cultural norms and everything but he comes in with a different perspective as an airbender but also as somebody who does not have any of the context of the world today. And um, I didn't realize that until this watch. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show like, you know, what would his life have been if he wasn't the avatar? Like he probably would have like tried to skip out on the hundred years war, you know? And oh yeah, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, or just dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but 
you definitely know that like if he had his choice he would still just be this kid traveling all over for the experiences and um but it's just such a bummer that he doesn't get to be that and so he tries to hold on to it as long as possible Mm -hmm. yeah and that's something that like throughout Uh. the series he kind of always makes time for which i really enjoy and he like makes the others take time for that too which you know just grounds like uh as a viewer reminds you these are children that are having to deal with these things and having to clean up the mess of the generations previous like they they're gonna save the world but they're also they're also kids and you need to like yeah yeah but but what is what is so nice and sort of tantamount to the characterization of ang himself like this idea that he is so full of light despite like his youngness and sort of flaw and like these moments of like I'm running away like I can't handle this like these these moments of like feeling small even with that he still is able to like bring those around him up and like shine his light on people even even when he's not meaning to like he just has this energy about him that like you know things are going to be okay with him you know like and and katara the same way like she offers that when he needs it and he offers it when she needs it mm-hmm. in the in these moments that feel very organic and very like just just enriching and just from this even first episode just seeing that seeing him sort of shine and beam in this way is so it's i mean it's so nice in the face of despair i mean maybe that is there's a level of like or like a intentional disregard for the severity of it but like even still in these small moments of day to day he is sort of like this beacon of just like nourishment kind of and we're starting to see that grow in these new friends that he's making in this new world that he's inhabiting that he's unfamiliar with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what they're all searching for yeah it's just, love it is, is also the hero of the story because yeah. like ang fell in love and he was like okay i'll try living and hope because that's what yeah. katara had like even though even before she met ang she's like like that whole monologue is her saying mm-hmm. all this bad stuff happened but i still have hope you know i mean yeah truly that's yeah they're, they're... also kind of why like it's taken a hundred years for you know and there's still resistance to the fire nation right because a hundred years is a long fucking time especially with like the monstrous um industrial war machines that they have and they're not able to break the people's spirit um yeah and that's like kind of manifested through katara right she's just she's not yeah. as jaded as anybody else you know and because of that, like, I feel like it, it lends itself well, or that idea lends itself well to just an adventure story. It's perfect because of that, like, we have hope, so we have a chance. Just as, a, as like, an idea is perfect for a story like this. She's perfect. Mm-hmm. She is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she's, like, the exact perfect good guy. Yeah. Like, she has the strength of her convictions. She works hard she yeah she has everything that she needs and it's all in good faith she's a good person yeah 
and even even in those moments where she's unsure of herself or feels like she like made a mistake there is this like intense admiration like i have an intense admiration for her because there is a recognition of like she 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 has so much empathy and so much recognition for like those in her life and those around her like there's never a moment where she does anything selfishly it is always for the sake of others and herself obviously yeah but she's just she is so good yeah katara legend of katara legend of (laughs) essentially Oh my gosh. So that so then the episode kind of ends on a bit of a cliffhanger, right? Like they get into mm-hmm. the boat. Aang is recognizing that wow, 100 years have passed and she's like, "Yeah. Where like this is what's up. This is what's happening." He's like, "I'm fine." He trips the wire, sends the flare. Zuko's like, "I'm going to show up and prove my father wrong." Like, has he talked about his dad? I I didn't I don't remember. I a know he's bit. just like I'm training a little he bit. He said okay. he said that he he lost his honor and he needs it to redeem himself. Mm. Yeah. And like then Iroh yeah. is just kind of like, "Yo, dude, like self-care, take a rest." Like, yeah. you know, um he's going to eat his he does, meat. I think it's in the very first episode where he was like uh, this will be an excellent gift for my father. I guess you wouldn't know of fathers. Um, it's that- it's very weird. <laughs> um, but I oh, I, I take from that one, moment. Yeah. Is it the next? Yeah, because they don't I- meet in this one. Zuko and A. Oh, yeah. it's just he fa- finds it. Oh, I'm totally yeah. wrong. It ends we'll edit with that him out. on it. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with him on this ship, like in his telescope, seeing the yeah. flare go off from the trap and being like, I know where they're going. And then it shows them like running to uh, Katara and Saka's village. Mm-hmm. And then it's like to be continued. So it's like a, a, a part two. But I, I'm because I think. Can anyone remember their first impressions of it? Of the show? Of the, the end of the very first episode personally when it was because i was i definitely did watch these like first six or seven episodes as they aired um but then i i 100 stopped it was like after (laughs) there's there's like one episode in particular that i remember being Mm -hmm. like this is where i ended on it initially Mm -hmm. but i do remember thinking how much more intense this show was by comparison to the rest of the shows that were out there Mm -hmm. just in terms of like the severity of the adventure it felt very real it felt very like oh this is like literal war and literal death and li- like <laughs> the, it's not like coded or like sort of cartoonified or, or or what have you it's like no this is like a literal this is dangerous these are this is like real danger for these characters yeah um i was really interested in it but i think for how old i was when it did come out there was a level of me that's like ooh, this feels like too much this feels <laughs> like i'm i'm like a little child i like i need spongebob <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it, yeah i'm like oh wait hold on this story is like really intense bring in patrick i need some silly I, like i was more engaged by mm-hmm. silliness mm-hmm. uh um and that i i do remember that being part of it but that was my first impression of this episode. So I hadn't watched this show at all until the pandemic. Um, 
I did watch the movie in theaters because my ex wanted to go watch it when we were still together. And I was like, okay. And I was like, it must be why they're in Wow, ex. this is, I mean, yes, truly. A marriage ending film, that one. I would end it. <laughs> yeah. So we went to watch it and it was awful. And I remember just being like, why would anybody, why did this get a movie? Like, and so for a long time, it was like, I'm not going to, and everybody's like, oh, the cartoon's great. And like, just that movie left such a sour note in my, existence like i was like Ugh. so i finally watched it um and i think it was after eric had bugged me about it thank you eric we love you mm. um and i was like okay i'll give it a shot i'll give it another shot because we're looking for something to watch anyway and so i watched the first episode and you know still skeptical because mm-hmm. like i you know still skeptical but like noticing that it is much better than that and that they are trying to start like cool conversation so I was like okay cool I didn't even think I really thought about it that much I was just like next episode because I was able to binge the whole thing and I probably yeah. watched like five episodes <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a day so yeah yeah I definitely started it in a moment where I could binge but I do remember at the end being like and next <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I need to know what what happens next I was like yeah. who is that dude yeah. What's his thing all about? The, I need to know. The fact that most of these episodes too also end on like uh perplexing cliffhanger not perplexing, but like engaging cliffhangers. Yeah. Or like, oh, it's just enough to be like, oh, I wanna Yeah, you didn't finish mm-hmm. the story. Like I need to know how this ends and it's it it really does a great job at keeping you hooked or keeping you engaged enough to want yeah. to know more, and that's just a testament to the storytelling. Truly, I mean, really once is. we started it, um, I could not stop, and because I also had the time to binge, right? Yeah, once, once I did it, um, yeah. and it was just like every day, okay, more Avatar, okay, like as soon as I was off of work because working from home, right? Just walk in the living room, and then okay, here we are. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm on a lunch break right now. I could fit in an episode. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was yeah. like that level of obsession and then i was like wait oh my god there's more cora okay great and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you're a goner and that was it yeah yeah that was it. i i really feel like that's how it happens with this show because it is it is mm-hmm. so actively engaging like there is very little and well i mean as we go episode to episode i'm sure we'll discuss some of the, like the obviously better episodes and more like paramount pieces of the story um, but even outside of that, like there is very little uh, sludge in the show just in terms of like, oh, well, you kind of have to just get through this to get to th- yeah. this next mm-hmm. thing. I know in Korra that's a little bit different, but in Avatar, <laughs> it definitely doesn't really have that. There are, I mean, again, there are some like lull episodes, but overall, it's all pretty engaging all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the artwork definitely was part of hooking me as well because mm-hmm. it was just so like visually satisfying. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Also the bending sequences are so cool and I feel like oh. throughout the entire show I never see the same move twice. Like it's mm. um like 
and all the way through to the very end it's just always so such new and interesting and unique ways to use bending like and like mm-hmm. a, against your opponent or you know like to um to get out of like you know um dicey situations or and i mm. i think that that for me was also really interesting seeing um seeing that like visually and just being like yes let me live here what what does bossing say look like let's mm-hmm. let's go here you know yeah um, yeah yeah and you can even see in like the first episode like with katara water bins you can see how like shaky she is like it it's like down to like that grain in the animation that like you can see her progression through getting more confident with her water bending and it corresponds with what the water bending looks like yeah. and that's just awesome yeah oh absolutely there's like actual real growth in like in the characters and their abilities and their viewpoints and also like mm-hmm. just um, cultural viewpoints and everything like it mm-hmm. is so good and it's one of those this is a show that I really loved and I knew I wanted to talk about with people and then after talking about it with y'all I was like oh my god I love the show even know, more it, 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 <laughs> it really talking about it definitely does sort of enliven the feelings for yeah me too. like it, it just it's like oh well i like the show but then as soon as we get into it it's like i really like this show. that's a huge part of the culture yeah like being able to share it with other people that like you wouldn't think that you liked the same things <laughs> yeah. but you both got something very specific out of this show yeah and i feel like for those people it is like i i don't we may have said this in the other episode in in the nostalgia episode but i do think that like People who like this love this. Like there, yeah. I feel like there's very few lukewarm. They're like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like it is. I, I mean, maybe it's just personal bias and not knowing anybody who's like, it's fine. And I'm like, so <laughs> everybody. There's not a single person on the fence. You know what I mean? But it really does seem like when you like this show, you love. Like it's. It is. It is one of your favorite shows it is a show for you it's also such a big hug like for all of these big themes that we're talking about it is a very Mm -hmm. easy watch and you can watch the show and literally get whatever you want out of it if you want to just watch an entertaining Mm -hmm. show it's there for you if you are looking for something deeper and don't know it or if that's what you're looking for you can absolutely get that with this so it's a great watch for any sort of consumption and just just very quick and very easy like you know tight 21 minute episodes you know um so it's great and especially right now where like the world is literally on fire and you just need like some sort of comfort um it's it's really great for that too Oh, yeah. Um, And I think it's really cool that you just came across it like in the COVID era because I was like, wow, that must have been really comforting (laughs) with all of the insanity. I was like, I think that is maybe like the second best time to pick up Avatar. Like the first best time is like immediately and the second best time. <laughs> well, especially while we're having like as a as a country and as a world like these conversations about mm-hmm. restorative justice or like you know justice in general and what does this look like, and then literally yes. seeing like 
um, kind of a roadmap as to like, you know, because we don't we don't have a lot of those um, examples and stories and in story like modern storytelling, um, especially stuff like, yes. in, like the big giant pop, pop culture ethos. Right. And so for this, the thing that just really, really hooked me was just realizing that Aang never kills anybody. And even at the very like, I mean, spoilers for later, but um, like maybe it's all about it's debatable it's all about disempowering and it's about changing societal structures and um and doing the work and um yeah and so that was also just really nice to see in this moment of everything else that's coming out too is just like bang 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 shoot him up this is happening the world's on fire also here's covid also more people are dying like you know here's all of these protests and all of this and it's just like like that hope you know especially again Mm -hmm. seeing it through Katara's eyes and just that hope that she has that hope and love for the world that doesn't deserve it like nobody like you know the fire nobody deserves any of that and we see her reconcile Mm -hmm. all that stuff within herself um so I think just in this in the moment of 2020 2021 was just Mm -hmm. an incredible time to watch yeah yeah and it also makes me think of um this like like feminist idea of like the personal is political and like this show does such a beautiful job of showing like yeah there's a political level of why this like war is going on but like when it comes to actually like ending it that's like 100 personal that like in each of our main characters like they have a personal reason why they are doing what they're doing and why this affects them personally and so it's uh, I think it's always good to be able to make this argument about like no there is there is no choice that you know the fire lord makes that doesn't specifically affect all of these other people like there is no separation of that and so and it's when you separate those things is that you create an excuse for a lot of suffering to happen um but we need to um see the personal as political and vice versa um another way of looking at it is that like all politics are local yeah um that everything um it you need to be able to examine it on that like interpersonal level. Um, And that's also where you find your heroes. Yeah. It's, it's these characters who recognize that and recognize the structures that be that intentionally separate that idea as a means of control and watching them go there and dismantle that literally is really lovely. (laughs) Like, yeah. What a treat in the show. Yeah, and it's beautiful education for like little organizers out there. Yeah. Um, and little activists um, about like, no, my integrity is incredibly important. And if this is not right, I'm going to say it to somebody and I'm going to do it um, because we're not playing out here. Yeah. What what's more important than one's integrity? Nothing really. Yes. Like especially like on a personal level, it is who you are, how you exist, and like yeah. anything outside of that is largely just corruption of capitalism. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> truly, 
like that it, it is it's your ethos it's you it's how you exist and how you ex- examine the way you exist yeah which is huge <laughs> yeah and you yeah. are the only one who can decide what it is yeah mm-hmm. and this show is literally full of that that is what the yes. show is what a treat what is really and yes. like for this to be again market night like this is the show on Nickelodeon for I don't know like what the target demographic was just age wise but mm-hmm. what a, what an incredibly palp like what an intent like an intentional show yeah I think it was like that eight to twelve eight to twelve yeah range. <laughs> Incredible. Look, kids shows and this was, are like what? changing the world. Like kids shows are where it's at they are. in the past like fifteen years. They are, and it would be interesting to see past that. Twenty years. Like I don't know if Looney Tunes was <laughs> um, teaching me a lot of lessons. Maybe if I really like think about it. But yeah, um, yeah, this is definitely one of those shows that I think a lot of activists a lot of people who are doing direct action work can point to as something that they love and maybe even something that inspired them in the work that they do mm-hmm. absolutely ah. and that's Ooh, beautiful that is beautiful well what a good first episode to the momos and the appas yeah i mean it's only gonna also, get still, better from here we have so much to it, dive into this is just the first so episode. much yeah arguably we didn't even scratch the surface like the first episode yeah. like sure it's a nice introduction to these characters but like to the pulp of the show like what it is like what it means I, like we just we just said hello <laughs> yeah we just showed up and said hi yeah <laughs> Um, but I'm so excited. This is going to be such a fun podcast. I am excited to get into some of the more intense episodes. Yes. Ugh, what a treat. And we have so many episodes to do. Like, I feel like we'll never run <laughs> yeah, out. I feel like that's good. I feel like it would also be cool to like, uh, in between books to do like a little, like, you know, some high level analysis of the story at large and where we're at. Oh, and yeah. like character yeah. pieces too on like mm-hmm. Sokka's, like after we finish everything, I do want to do an episode on Sokka. I do want to do like, I mean, we have, yeah. and then there's Korra and then I, yeah, I'm, so excited we're all gonna be in our feels in all the times <laughs> i know i'm so pumped yeah yeah it's i so good hope we get to a place where we're just like freely weeping yeah with joy yeah um yeah cry bending tear bending yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truly <laughs> just craft a little halo of tears oh, yes obsessed well, that's it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for meeting us in the first episode of the Momos and the Appas. The uh, first, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Music by Eric Lafibri and Jessica Tercero. Editing by Eric Tercero. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that sounded great. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Um, thank you for inviting me into your family I love it thank you I mean you you are a part of our family um, we're going grocery shopping on Friday it's so I cute. know it's cute <laughs> um, editing by Eric Lafevre artwork by David Tresero don't 
forget to rate and review us wherever you get your pods. Thanks again for listening. Thank you again. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next week or next time. Whenever. Whenever. Join us. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the for more.